listening to Dolly Parton, that'd be me, on Iconography. I'm Keith Price, and this is Iconography, Dolly Parton. It's clear to see that Dolly Parton not only believes in God, but she also believes in herself, even when other people don't. After having chart-topping numbers all over the country chart as a solo artist, as well as with Porter Wagner, she instinctively knew that there was so much more out there that she was capable of conquering. Here You Come Again, released in 1977, was Dolly's 19th solo album. The album included Parton's first significant crossover success, the Grammy Award-winning title single, which also scored number three on the U.S. pop singles chart during the early months of 1978. Both the album and the title single also scored number one on the U.S. country music singles and albums charts as well. This gamble proved to be the turning point in Dolly's career, and it brought her to the attention of pop music lovers everywhere. Taylor Swift is probably the best example of a country artist that currently currently is benefiting tremendously from Dolly Parton's efforts, proving that being a woman is hard enough in the music industry, but being a headstrong woman is even harder. When you did um, Here You Come Again and that like crossed over into the pop charts, because now that's kind of what people want in the industry. But when you were doing it, that wasn't sort of like something that people expected. How did the, the community, especially the country music community, respond to you when that happened? Well, they responded more negatively before that song became a hit. I was trying to prove a point. See, when I was leaving Porter's show, a lot of people were mad at me because I was I was looking for uh, producers that could produce records that could cross over to where I could still do my country stuff. I was looking for management that could help me uh, with bigger tours, put together a, a band of my own, and whether it be movies or whether it be doing more television, doing things I hadn't had to do because I was just the girl singer in, an, in a star's group. I wanted to be my own person, and I had said that. I already had, like, three chart records before I started with Porter's show, and I told him I'd stay five years. That was a fair number, and we'd agreed on that. And then when the five years came, his show was hot because I was a big part of that, too, and we were helpful to each other. We had duets, but I still wanted to go because years were going by, and I wanted to have my own group. I wanted to be my own star. I wanted to have my own TV show. I wanted to do the same things that he had done, but I wanted to do that, and so we fought a lot over that, and that's when I wrote the song, I Will Always Love You, uh, and did, you know, and I that was caused it because I thought, I have got to go. I'll always love you, and I'll always appreciate you, and I hope life treats you good. I hope it treats me good, but i got to go. And I'll always love you for everything you've done for me. So that's really how that song was born. But I, when I, uh, Porter had told me that RCA wouldn't want to keep me on the label, I got on a plane, flew to New York, and asked them. I asked the heads of New York. And and so they said, yes, we want you. Then I got on a plane and went to California and talked to management. They said, yes, 
we'll take a chance. And so then I got, here you come again. And I was just hoping and praying because everybody around Nashville, a lot of the bad, I was getting a lot of bad press. You're making a big mistake. You're going to flop. You better stick with your country fans. You're a country star. And I loved all that, but I wanted to do more. I said, I'm not leaving country. I want to take country with me wherever I go. I always will, which I have. I knew I was country. Ain't nobody going to take that out of me. You can open my mouth and know that. But in, I was so praying to God that here you come again would do good, you know, that I would do good with that transition to prove a point and just to, to see that if I was right, because I was feeling led to do this. I was feeling after prayer that I was supposed to be doing this. And so when it became like a number one hit, I thought, thank you, God. You know, praise the Lord. That was your God. Thank you, Jesus, yeah. That was your God. That must have taken a lot because I guess at that time, First of all, being a woman in the music industry and being a headstrong woman, clearly, you must have, you, I think you had more fights than just with Porter about that whole thing. I'm, I'm sure there were more fights oh, beyond that. Oh, there were fights with other, you know, people, other people that I was working with, and and a lot of the people in the business. That's why it was so, uh, a lot of people were giving me advice that thought they were really helping me, but I just knew that I had to to do, but yeah, I mean, it's everything. You, nobody ever knows everything about a person's life. They just know the ones that they see and the stuff they most talk about. But I just knew that I had something to give. I felt like God had given me a talent. I felt like He wanted me to use it to the best of my ability. I knew I had more guts than I had talent. And I thought, well, why not? Because I'm just the kind of person I never meet a stranger. I love people. I see somebody I love and everybody I meet, a brother or a sister or an uncle or a friend, everybody I meet, I see somebody else in. You know, I mean, I can relate to them in a way. They have a nature. That, so I just love people. I just enjoy people. And I just felt like that uh, this was a move I had to make. And I was so glad that it worked out for me because I didn't, because a lot of people wanted me to fail. And I didn't, and I'm glad. Gonna make a change for once in my life. Well, hello, everybody. As you know, Michael Jackson passed away suddenly a few days ago, and with that, we lost a true music legend. And this is a sad time for music lovers everywhere. I knew Michael, and he really was a true musical genius and a fantastic performer and a really sweet, sweet soul. I always thought Michael had the heart of an angel, and I'm sure that he's rejoicing with him now. Of course, we'll all miss him, but I know that he'll live on through his music. And this should remind us all to treat every day as our last and let people in our lives really know how special they are to us. And I'll start by telling you how much I love and appreciate all my fans and how grateful I am for your love and support over the years. So remember to make every day count and enjoy this wonderful journey that we're all on together. God bless you. If I should stay, I would only be in your way I Will Always Love You received positive comments from critics and attained commercial success reaching number one on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart two times 
With that accomplishment, Dolly Parton became the first artist ever to earn a number one record twice with the same song as a singer and three times as a writer. I Will Always Love You is the second song ever to reach the top three on the Billboard Hot 100 in separate chart runs. Miss Parton has continued to express her gratitude for what Whitney Houston did for her with that song. But like with Michael Jackson, Dolly could not help but feel sad about the loss of these great artists. You mentioned I Will Always Love You, and I'd be remiss not to talk about the passing of Whitney Houston. And I know that um, from the things that I've, I've read that you've said um, about your, your love for Michael Jackson as well, when you think about their careers and the things that have happened to them and the way that they went out, how did you manage with all of the fame and success that you have? Because, I mean, you know, let's face it, they were very successful people as artists. How did you manage to just avoid those pitfalls? Well, first of all, uh, I'm a completely different kind of artist than either one of them. And I just think they're both incredible. Michael Jackson's one of the greatest gifts that this world has ever seen. They both, like me, very spiritual, very God-loving, very God-fearing. And, you know, and yet they, you know, one never knows what is going to, you know, what's going on inside another person, whether it's chemical imbalances or whether it's insecurity, whether it's fear, whether it's doubt. And they were thrust, though, into that big world all of a sudden. They were city people uh, for the most part. I mean, uh, or at least Michael had grown up in that he was a tiny little thing when their stardom came. See, I was different because I started slow. I started with that real country base, still lived in a country town. Even Nashville is a country town. Still stayed close to family and friends, never moved, lived out of Tennessee. And it was a different time in the business. And my stardom, I made it a point to stay private with my husband, with my family life. See, I didn't think that I had to go to every party that everybody else was having. I didn't think I had to associate with all these people. Even just like right now, if you notice... Uh, you will see all those, the award shows. Unless I'm involved in the show, I don't go because I don't want to get caught up in the commotion of the befores and afters. I try to keep my life private. I try to be involved in the things that are important. I don't try to fit in because somebody thinks I should. I just go where I feel comfortable going. I go when I feel right about it. I get out when I think it's time to go. I don't think anybody's pressure is going to say, oh, you should have shown up for that. I don't do that. I just do whatever is right for me. So I think with them, they were so huge that they had a whole bunch of other things and people coming at them that I was not exposed to. But I just never wanted to experiment with... I was always happy with my, my love and faith in God, and I wanted my music. I didn't want to get on a bunch of drugs or something's going to scramble my brains or burn some cells out to keep me from writing my songs. And I know it's a great feeling to get high and to be high, but I wonder sometimes it's like, that's what I think the greatest high on this earth is what I think that feeling would be in heaven when we get there. And I think sometimes those sensitive 
spiritual people, I think we're when we get all caught up in that, we're just trying to get to heaven before time. We're trying to find that state of bliss before we get to paradise, where we can live that way forever. And then before you know it, you've got addicted to something where you were just looking for a, a feeling to lift you into a state of bliss, so to speak. And then before you know it, that feeling is so good, you just get addicted to it. So I've always been skeptical. If anything's good, you better watch it. I mean, it's not that you can't enjoy your life, but don't. They're always saying moderation, moderation. But how many people can do that? Once you've got a glimpse of that so-called heaven, that false heaven, and access and money to it, it can be a scary thing. And I'm not criticizing them because I know God loves them. And I'm hoping they're resting in the arms of God right now, and sure they are, because they were blessed and special. But it's such a shame to see them go that way. Hopefully, that'll never happen to me. I guess one never knows what could happen, but, you know, with enough sorrow and enough grief and enough whatever, pressure. But I ain't prone to go that way. When iconography Dolly Parton returns, Dolly will take us through her process of writing for Broadway and what she really wants the world to remember about her. (laughs) 